When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. Join our host, Jacob Koenig, a partner at Woodbridge International, as he gives you the knowledge to navigate complexities, embrace strategic shifts, and prepare you to sell your business with no regrets. At Woodbridge, we know how to give you the wisdom to achieve your ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Jacob Koenig. All right, welcome to the show. Today, we're joined by Rachel Neal. She's a serial entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of CareX and Figgy. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, same here. So, um, look, I'd like to start out asking, uh, what was it that initially inspired you to, to launch into entrepreneurship and, and become a serial entrepreneur here with CareX and, and Figgy? Yeah, it's funny because um growing up and going through college, I um I actually thought I was going to be an attorney. So I went to the University of Pennsylvania, I studied sociology, I went on to uh, I had a full ride to law school, went to law school, and halfway through law school realized I definitely don't want to do this. I couldn't see myself practicing law in pretty much any capacity and ended up restarting my trajectory and saying, I'm going to figure out what I want to do next. And during that time frame, I joined an early stage startup just by chance. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And it was from there that I met mentors and really saw entrepreneurship as a path that was a part of my future. Excellent. Yeah, that's an exciting way to get into things. Uh, and so when you started uh, Carex, how did you uh, transition from, from working at a, a company previously to starting your own company? Yeah, it's funny because there were so many things that I learned along the way. I think yeah. I had a lot more confidence when I was going to start Carex. I thought, oh, I've been with a startup that's grown really rapidly and scaled. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'll be able to raise money and start this company. And I started down that path and I realized that it's, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, but I think, I think the power of entrepreneurship is, is oftentimes building the bike while you ride it. Yeah. And so I kind of dove right in and just started doing things and taking action. And so speaking of, of starting things and, and taking action, tell us about the inception of Figgy Play during the pandemic. I mean, were there unique challenges of, of starting a, a venture in that environment? Yeah, for me, it, it was, I think as an entrepreneur, I like to be busy. And during the time that Figgy came to, to be, my Carex was currently a little bit slow. Everybody was trying to figure out what was going to happen with businesses. And yeah. I also had my kids, I had five of them at the time, and they were home from school wow. because schools had shut down. Yeah. And I thought, my gosh, I've got to keep them entertained and I've got to keep myself busy. And so I called up my buddy who had a background in retail and supply chain. He was an engineer. And I love this part. He came over with his sewing machine. He's a much better sewer than I am. And we kind of started prototyping and decided to launch our product or at least our concept on Kickstarter. And we actually sold $40,000 in eight minutes. 
organically upon launching. And that's when we realized we had we had a good idea. Yeah, indeed. Excellent. And could you share some of the uh, the key challenges and strategies for, for managing, uh, you know, being a, a mother and uh, and a working parent, and, you know, especially with, with five and now six children uh, and, in the house? Yeah, I am. I'm a big believer of a, of this term work life blend. And I know it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. I, what I try to do is blend my two worlds together. Instead of saying there's going to be balance and I'm going to have a hard stop and this and that, I just kind of take it all together. And I, I really try to mix the two things throughout the, the day. And I can give you an example. My, um, my daughter is a figure skater. And so she goes to the ice rink pretty much every day. And what I do is I like to be present and be able to take her. And that means working out of my van, um, which has a hot spot in it. So it's perfect or working in ice rink. And I try to schedule my tasks to align with where I'll be and who I'll be with. Excellent. That's a really smart way of, of doing things and something that Certainly, I'd, I'd like to replicate as well a little bit here. I, I've got two kids here of my own, Adam. So it's uh, it's great, <laughs> great to hear. And I'm curious to hear more, Rachel, about how you approach talent acquisition specifically and, and fostering uh, company culture, especially in a, a fast-paced startup environment. Yeah, I think uh, both of those things are so important and oftentimes, especially like in a startup, overlooked because there's usually not the capacity to solely focus on it. Yeah. And one of the things a mentor taught me was, and I think it's so valuable, is being responsive is the answer to so many things. So if you're responsive to whether it's uh, new talent candidates coming in, new sales prospects, uh, employee concerns, just being able to address and acknowledge something mm-hmm. creates a really good culture and yeah. it also can land you some of the best and the brightest people out there. So staying humble and staying responsive and then trying as best as possible to come up with a plan to find the right types of personalities because sometimes people get too hung up early on in, okay, we need this exact skill set. Right. And they think about it in a silo and then they've overstaffed and you have to deal with things that really impact your culture if you have to lay people off or you know terminate people because they're the not not the right fit for a startup that's probably changing pretty rapidly understood and and do you use any tools or methodologies for determining personality types or anything of that sort yeah we've used um kind of a combination of different things so at carex i think there's some uh, some of it's just the secret sauce of being in the industry being at a startup starting a startup myself where it's like a little bit of a gut um a gut feel like does somebody have the right kind of that uh, that right mojo and then the second part is really developing questions that dig into um sense of urgency um that's a big one i find in startups that you either kind of have it or you don't and it's really difficult to like teach somebody to behave that way if they're not if if they're just naturally not cut out to be that type of person yeah. and so the more that you can figure out as a team questions that get to the heart of the type of personality you want, the better. And I know there are really good assessments out there. Um, there's a company called Rembrandt and uh, Epic Systems is one of the largest EMR providers. And Judy Faulkner's built this incredible company. And she solely uses the Rembrandt to figure out what teams people are going to be on and who she's going to hire. And another good one is Burke Assessment. 
it's fairly low cost and easily accessible and will help you kind of get to those things. And then finally, we keep uh, a Hogan certified assessor on on our team. And she's able for key positions to take people through a Hogan examination and find out if there'll be a match with the rest of the team and the leadership. Excellent. Yeah. And and so I think that lends itself to the next question. I know Carex uh, represents itself as a, a career matchmaking service. And so I'm curious to hear more about how um, Carex is, is different from other types of uh, employment websites. Yeah. So we um we are different in, I think, quite a few ways. One, a lot of staffing is built on a, this commission model. And within the commission model, it's, you've got your recruiting team here, your salesperson in the middle, and then the client over here, and I guess the candidate on this side. And incentives oftentimes aren't aligned. And it's it's not um it's not set up because it is commission based to really get to know the people. And so when we embarked on uh on starting Carex, we really wanted to take the time to get to know the people that we work with, whether that's on our partner side or our candidate side. And so we invest a lot of time in learning about people and what they want and not just how much money do you want to make and what kind of job do you want? How quickly can you accept an offer? It's more about building the relationships. And I think when you invest in people, then you have the best outcomes. Excellent. And look, this this is the uh, the secrets to selling your business podcast. And and so I do have to ask do you, do you have any experience in in selling a business? Yeah. So when I was with Nordic, which grew to be the largest epic consulting firm in the world, we went through several exits. We raised over forty million in private equity, oh. and so I really got to see under the hood what what matters when you're going in to sell a company from your EBITDA and your margins and how you're structured. And so when I started my companies, my goal was always to have an exit and to be upfront about that. And I kind of started with the end in mind. So thinking from a buyer's perspective, what would make me and my company attractive? And and when you build it that way, uh, I think that you set yourself up for an acquisition um, and maybe multiple acquisition channels, and which I think is important. And I know you've talked about on some podcasts, like I said, there, there's not just one buyer always um, and right. figuring out to where you're going to get the best deal for yourself, for your team, for your company. You could have a strategic, you could have private equity. I mean, there's all different options. And, and um, so I try to kind of think what are going to be my most likely ways that I'll exit and talk to a lot of people about, you know, and the people who are buying those things, what do you want? What are you going to see? Like, and that way I can kind of reverse engineer it. Absolutely. Starting, starting from that endpoint, working it backwards, you know, that's definitely a, a, a method that, that has proven success. Um, and, and in your experience with Nordic, uh, did you hire an advisor or how did you start the selling process? Yeah. So, um, we engaged with a banker uh-huh. who, was able to represent and take, you know, take the company out to market. Um, and that seems to be from several other people I know as well who have gone through exits. A good way is to have somebody represent you who's going to be on your side and, and going to help you uh, position yourself to various types of buyers to get you the best deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that we often hear is, is entrepreneurs are focused on running their business and, uh, it's, it's, something that they don't have a lot of experience in selling their business. And so to have that, um, um, you know, support in your corner is something that's crucial, especially when you're going out to buyers and, and looking to uh, find that that right partner. I think I think one one thing I have learned is that uh, having a hired gun or somebody that 
understands the space that you're working in. It saves you time, money, so many other things. And that's the same value proposition with like Carex, right? Like you could try to hire your own team, but you have a at Carex, you might have a a team of people who that's what they do all day, every day. They're going to just be quicker and they're probably going to have a bigger network. Same with, uh, same with bankers or, um, venture capitalists and private equity. Like they, they live in that space. Um, and so could you share some of, uh, some of the biggest challenges that, that you faced in that, in that process? And, uh, um, was there anything that, stood out a story or otherwise that it uh, um, sticks in your mind? Yeah, I, I think that the biggest takeaway is that the deal isn't done until the money is wired and everything is uh, is complete. And I've, I've also had friends that have had this happen where you're in the 11th hour. And um, this happened for us too at, at Nordic where 11th hour, everybody is set to announce the sale and it fell apart. And I've had uh, I've had friends who have been out looking at lake houses because they're going to, with a realtor, because they're going to get that check in the next week and they're going to put an offer in on their dream home. And it just falls apart. Um, so I try to work. Um, I always, at least I always talk to entrepreneurs about really like not putting all your eggs in that basket and making sure that you kind of take the emotion out of it. Because oftentimes if a deal falls through, it wasn't the right deal. And there might be something better lurking around the corner. And it's a pretty good sign if one person is interested in you, if you kind of keep on your same trajectory or continue to grow, somebody else will be interested as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And we we always at Woodbridge take uh, take pride in in the fact that actually the, the second time coming to market, we've we found 93% of uh, of the buyers that come back are uh, are new. So there's always more to explore. It's often timing. It's often uh, where things stand in the market. Um, and so we, you really don't know in, until you uh, go out and, and see who's out there. I think that's uh, that's so spot on. It's uh, timing is everything and really the stars all have to align. Exactly. And so Rachel, what about in uh, in your your field currently? Are there um, What are the biggest challenges that, that you face either for Carex or, uh, or Figgy? Yeah. So it, here, here was another pitfall of mine. I thought a uh, professional services company, I was like, I know what I'm doing now. I'll start a product company. Totally different, totally different challenges. And I knew about this much about starting a product company. Mm-hmm. So with Carrots right now, I think the biggest challenge is just like our economy r- right now is fairly like unstable in the sense right. that companies are not hiring as fast as they were before. So um, we look for new ways to add value and engage with different markets that are still are really still in need and still trying to scale and grow. And then on the figgy side, uh, I think it's been it's been a challenge figuring out producing product in an efficient and timely manner and being able to have access to capital to be to continue to scale. So you're putting in I didn't realize um, that in in my space with Figgy, we have to put our Christmas orders in for in by June or July in order to have them ready for Christmas. And Mm -hmm. if you have a popular product, you can be putting hundreds of thousands of dollars up front just to have that product to be able to sell. And the, the growing pains there of, of scaling up and, and, you know, projecting where things are going to be. And, uh, I mean, Figgy, when, uh, when you've started, uh, is this, what, what number Christmas is this? This is our third Christmas. Wow. So we're starting to get our, our feet <laughs> under us. I think we'll have our best Christmas yet. And, um, we do keep learning and getting, and yeah. getting 
harder and quicker. So I'm excited about that. Excellent. And so what's what's next for you? Any upcoming projects or, or goals that you'd like to mention? Yeah. So um, with Carex, we've expanded some of our offerings. Recently, we launched a scientific and engineering division, which I'm really excited about. We um, We bring on experts in those areas to actually grow them out. So when you work with us, you actually like our scientific division is led by a former scientist and our engineering division is led by an engineer and our recruiters are engineers by trade. So they really speak the language. And I think that that um, ensures that our matches are really appropriate. And so I'm really excited about that. And then uh, with Figgy, we're actually launching a new website today hopefully cross my fingers and um, we will be expanding our product offering. Um, so we'll have a shop, the playroom section where wow. people can not just get the figgy, but get complimentary Montessori inspired products to go along with it. And then later this year, we're launching some really cool collaborations and um, new items that will be add-ons for your figgy yeah. set. Well, that's very exciting. So it's, uh, it's a big day today. Yes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it goes. I I feel like technology, uh, you never know what's going to happen, sure. but I think we're in good hands. Certainly. By the time this airs, I, I think it will certainly be out there. So <laughs> everyone can go check out the new website. That's great. And do you have any advice for those who are, are passionate about entrepreneurship and, and leadership? Yeah, I think... Um, I think really just take the leap. I see so many really smart people be so terrified to actually just move forward. And they think that it's got to be perfect and everything's got to be in place. And it's you'll never get to that point if, if that's what you're waiting for. And so I think uh, just getting out there and, um, and taking those baby steps. Right. The other thing is uh, I see too many entrepreneurs afraid that somebody's going to steal their idea. And it's really hard to execute on ideas. Right. And so I think that there's much more value in telling people your ideas and getting real feedback because it may be that nobody thinks your idea is great or they present you with some um, potential obstacles you hadn't considered that could really make you decide to pivot. Um, I think that's more likely than somebody running with your idea and executing on it so fast that they beat you to market. Excellent. Well, that that is all the questions that I had here prepared for today. But is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to speak about otherwise? No, this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed speaking with you today. Excellent. Rachel Neal, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, founder and CEO of Carex and Figgy. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and their insights. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.